Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
this morning we come to that most wonderful and precious occasion uh, witnessing that confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what makes this all together even more precious is that it's two young people, two young kids that come making public their profession of faith in Christ. And what's so exciting about that is that that's two lives that are at a young age committed to Christ, and now Christ gets to live through them and to glorify the Father through them for all of their lives. And this is certainly a joyous moment, a joyous moment for them, for their families, and for the church. When we come to this moment, we think about what the Scripture teaches. You know, when Jesus was here, not because of need to be baptized, but for example, the thoughts about what He would be doing in our life by our death, burial, resurrection, and Christ was baptized. And on that occasion when John was baptized in Jesus, Bible tells us that the Father from heaven spoke and said that this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. How do you believe at this moment that as this action takes place, the Father there in heaven says to those in heaven, this is my beloved children in whom I'm well pleased today. We also think about what Acts tells us with uh, Philip and that Ethiopian how Philip was going along that road and that Ethiopian was passing along with him and they got to talking about the scripture and worship and church and took its way to him, Jesus. And that Ethiopian gave his heart to Christ on that road. And at that moment, he said, Lord, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And Philip and that Ethiopian went down into the water together. The Bible says that Philip baptized that Ethiopian, and when he came up out of the water, the Spirit took Philip away. And all that prevented the Ethiopian, the Bible says this about him, he went his way rejoicing. That's a picture of us again this morning, that uh, when both Colby and Liam come up out of the water, they start that new walk in Christ. And then finally, we think about what Jesus said to the disciples in that great commission. And they're charged to go out into the whole world and preach in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and baptize those who believe. And here we are, over 2,000 years since that time, and the church is still being preached for that which Christ has already frustrated and done for us in the church. But Jesus today is very much alive. He's alive in these young lives. He's alive here in this service. He's alive in our hearts. Of your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and for the remission of your sins, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
risen in the newness of life. Confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and for the remission of your sins. I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Buried with Christ, risen in the newness of life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for these young men who come making
Oh, 
open the Psalm 23 together, guys, from our children's church. You guys can make your way there for the same. It is Senior Club Sunday, and I was trying to think what we might be going to do by way of message that uh, could speak to everyone, but also one that could speak to one of our senior adults. But I was led to Psalm 23. We will begin what it is entirely that I am doing together. But I want to look at just the first verse. And I want to think with you this morning about this thought, a verse for the ages. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, the Lord could have prepared his people for almost anything in the world. He could have said, my people are like bears, they're strong. He could have said, my people are like trees, they are rooted, they stand tall and they are fruitful. He could have said that my people are like the rocks, they are steadfast and immovable. He could have said, my people are like lions, they are courageous, fearless, and brave. He could have said, my people are like foxes because they are shrewd and wise. And he could have said, they're like doves because they are Yet instead, the Lord Psalmist, speaking through the Psalmist, decided that, well, his people would be called sheep. Now that sounds really beautiful this morning, but the truth is that's not really a compliment. Sheep are not the brightest animals that ever appear on planet Earth. Matter of fact, they have a reputation for being very stupid. Sheep are dumb. Defenseless. They require a lot of care for them, and they need protection. Uh, sheep require someone to look after them, even their smallest need, and to lead them where they need to be. So I thought, what better place to be this morning for senior adults than to, to talk about sheep, right? <laughs> so why am I here? The Lord called us sheep. It was less than flattering, but it is right on. And I think if our senior adults this morning could stand where I'm standing, to say to you and to say to the Lord what they've discovered about Him and the relationship with God and what has meant so much in that relationship with God, they would say that the Lord is their shepherd, that it's been because of Him that they shall not want. You know, sheep are needy, but in that need, they form a special bond with their shepherd. He is required to know them very intimately. He knows the ones that are prone to wonder. He knows the ones that are weaker than the others. He knows the ones who are loyal. He knows them all. He knows them by name. Sheep, despite their stupidity, become very familiar with the voice of the shepherd. They know his sound. It is said that they know a smell. There is that bond. And I think that's the reason I want to think about it this morning. Because I think our senior adults can say to you, what I've learned in life to this point is that the Lord is my shepherd and I am his sheep. And I think the senior adults can say to you, you must let the Lord be your shepherd as well. You know, verse 
spiritually, every educated mind in the English-speaking world has read this 23rd Psalm, some of the earliest directions of the New Testament. Memories I have of the church being set around this passage. It never really goes out of It's always fitting, it's always accurate. I know that almost every funeral thing I'm a part of, particularly at the graveside, the 23rd Psalm is read. But it's also read regardless of time, in the time that no one has. It's one that we can almost quote verbatim. I, I, I don't necessarily put myself out of that thing. I, I was with a, another pastor one time doing a funeral uh, where I preached in the cemetery, and he was going to quote the 23rd Psalm, and uh, he didn't have his Bible with him. Got out there, and I don't know what verse he was at and what point he was at, but he just went sideways on it. And he looked like a big old headlines. He looked at me, and I thought, Brother, you got out there on your own. Don't look too many at me. I think he finally caught him on the crib. But uh, he, he, he remembered enough of it uh, that he was able to, to share the psalm that had been read to him and put to mind. It's kind of like John. Verse 8, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does it mean? Well, number one, my Lord is preeminent. Notice what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, the Lord. There's no other Lord. God has no other peer, no other equal. You know, we can speak of Washington. Lincoln, we can talk of Beethoven, Handel, we can talk of Napoleon. There's lots of comparisons that can be made in life from men to men. But Christ, our Lord, stands alone. There's only one Lord. The Hebrew word here translated Lord uh, in Psalm 3 is the word Yahweh. It is the Jewish word that is regarded as so holy that they would not even speak it publicly. Only the records of heaven have recorded how many martyrs in the early church went to their death and laid down their lives uh, based upon the truth, this truth, that God, that Christ is the Lord. There are Christians early church that would not and did not bend the knee and confess the Savior as Lord. But they went to their death 
sure if you figure out how to stand your books, then you ought to think about you know, they're using the first one there, and they're using theirs every time the door opens. And one reason, and I believe this to be true, because they know the truth, they believe the truth, they know the truth, that there is nothing greater than God Himself. He is Lord, He is the King of And where God is going to be, they will be in His presence. A second thing this verse tells us is that He is present. The Lord is not shifting. Think about the depth of the meaning behind that two-letter little word, is. The Lord is not shifting. This is not in the past tense, it doesn't say the Lord was not shifting. It's not in the future tense, it doesn't say the Lord will one day be not shifting. It is very much in the present. The Lord is unchecked. It is the Lord who is with us from moment to moment in this very moment. In the time of our very need, in that moment of our need, He is present. He is present. I was thinking about Ezekiel, his testimony in Psalm 38. And uh, such a relationship sitting here this morning thinking about Jesus Christ and that beautiful scene. And as he has the same place in heaven and on earth, they sat down together, they praised him, they sang to him together. I can tell you how much that gives to every single one of us who live here and live among us today. The Lord is not shifting. That dark day when that giant Jesus was in that tomb, I think he was testifying to it. And he came and he said, The Lord is not shifting. It's been what's been said in the Egyptian desert. God called Moses from a burning bush to be the great emancipator for his people. Moses balked briefly at the idea of going back to Pharaoh. What would I say? How can I say anything to him or to the people? And God said, say, I am who I am. Just sent me. I am the Lord present with you. Unlike the other religions of the world, we don't have a, a religious leader who acknowledges sense of pardon. And yes, we wait for Jesus to come. But he's not, he's not coming 
kids in the future in the sense that we all know you have a moment of you. But he's here right now. He's here in this moment. The Lord is here. The third thing that I think this one covers is this. This is personal. My Lord is personal. The Lord is And the Lord is my shepherd. There's a difference that comes in life circumstances and situations with that little word. That little word, my, makes all the difference in the world. And I'm so very excited this week, Father, when I got this, thinking about Holden. You know, I got the news that Holden was getting his heart, and his heart was right. And in that moment, the Lord was down his shepherd. Wasn't just mom and dad or brothers or grandmas or granddads or aunts or uncles, but Jesus was here. And in the moment we were the same truth that he lived in this moment. The Lord was down his shepherd. As uh, Leah said, you know, Lord, the Lord as my shepherd. And I was so very excited that this past week I'm taking a little visit with another one of our kids. I'm not going to spill the beans because I know she is uh, heard about it. But, uh, she gave her heart to Christ. We're going to have another baptism uh, in a couple of weeks uh, for that. Because she heard the Lord to be my shepherd. Those who trusted in Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone, Jesus says, snatch them out of my hand. We know his voice. We follow him. Personally, he is our shepherd. And finally, this verse tells us one other thing. My Lord is. The Lord is my shepherd. For a thousand years after King David penned these words, there stood one who said, John 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. When we read this psalm, we're reading about the great Savior's shepherd. The shepherd who is protecting. It is the very nature of the shepherd. Without the good shepherd, the sheep couldn't find their way to water. They couldn't find their way to life necessities. Without the shepherd, the sheep would perish. It is the shepherd who watches out over the sheep, who protects the sheep. The shepherd leads the sheep. He doesn't drive them and cattle them wide cattle. A shepherd leads. A shepherd leads his sheep and they follow. He will never drive us against our will. He will lead us and trust in Him. So here we are today. What advice might I give you? What advice might Caesar Augustus give you? 
what's the greatest decision that you can make today? And that's to trust the Lord Jesus and to obey His command. Our gracious Heavenly Father, perhaps someone today says, Jesus, I need to hear what you have said to me today. To guide me, to protect me. Lord, today, so many things that we could have done have not come from the Lord. From our youngest day, from kids, through the testimony of the song, worship and praises, the testimony of our singing of the Lord, the testimony that Jesus, you are my brother's keeper. And Lord, whatever decision that we today, those listening today, might need to make today, let that decision become the key to your life. Lord, we love you. And make this day your day. We ask this one understand that Jesus has spoken this morning. The altar is open. We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do, if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you, and we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.